After missing the entire preseason, Seahawks fans will finally get to see their top five pick in action against the Lions this weekend. What are realistic expectations for Devin Witherspoon heading into his NFL debut? We're going to be breaking it all down on our Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here on our Blue Friday edition by my co-host Nick Lee and a special thanks to all the 12s out there, whether you're listening from Casper, Wyoming or Santiago, Chile, we greatly appreciate you making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We're now just 48 hours away from the Seahawks and the Lions duking it out at Ford Field. Everybody's expecting this to be an exciting matchup between two teams that at least went into the season with expectations they were going to be among the best teams in the NFC. The Lions lived up to that billing, beating the Kansas City Chiefs last week at Arrowhead Stadium. The Seahawks not so much with that ugly home opening loss to the Rams. We're going to be diving into keys to victory for the Seahawks. How can they get that first victory of the season? Our picks to click, predictions, and much more. This episode is brought your way by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDINFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Now for your lead story here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. Devin Witherspoon didn't get to play at all in the preseason. He was sidelined from early August all the way till last week, nursing another hamstring injury. But after much anticipation, after missing Seattle's season opener, Witherspoon has been a full participant in practice this week, and all signs are pointing to him playing in his first NFL game against the Lions this weekend. And obviously, Nick, there's other injuries we'll be breaking down going into this game here in a few moments, but the most significant news has to be Spoon making his debut for the Seahawks. And with the way this secondary underperformed last week, they need any help they can. And you're hoping that this kid can come in right away and show why the Seahawks invested the fifth overall pick in him. Yeah, I mean, first off, you know, the, the Seahawks pass defense on some Sunday against L.A. had uh, more holes than some of the Swiss cheese I've used for my tuna melts. I mean, it's just it was pretty bad. And obviously, you just think the natural addition of Devin Witherspoon will certainly add to that and and yeah i and we're it's hard for me corbin not to see now jalen carter twice on you know on, on the stage there for the eagles just killing it on along the defensive line i think devin witherspoon <laughs> who the seahawks blatantly drafted over jalen carter got to step it up and he's got to make an instant impact maybe not you know the, it's not quite fair to have that kind of expectation of as like instant defensive player of the year right off of week one or week two at this point um, but you do have high expectations, and you should for the fifth overall pick. So well, fair or not, I'm going to be comparing those two all year because I'm still – I was – all offseason was nuts, and I, I ended up really wanting them to take Jalen Carter, and they didn't. And this is who they opted to take. And we've all talked ourselves into him being a possible defensive player of the year – or defensive rookie of the year candidate, I should say. Um, and this is this is the start of that campaign, you'd hope. And, boy, they're going to need him because this Lions offensive attack – is one of the more fun, and I don't know about you, Corbin, one of the more fun to watch offenses. Maybe not the most, you know, they are very explosive. But you know, they're not that, they don't have that same 
Um, you know, record, track record is quite the Kansas City Chiefs, but as far as just explosiveness, playmakers everywhere, the Lions have it all. And Jared Goff is just a great distributor. So a guy like Devin Witherspoon could make a big impact. I do wonder with the lack of the true preseason, a lack of you know getting on the field a, a bunch during the preseason or at all in some cases, um, if he's going to be a little bit of rust. And this is a game where you really can't afford that. But you like your chances at least – just the influx of talent he brings to that secondary that desperately needs it after last week. There are just certain guys, Nick, that they are wired differently. And when they get on the football field, they just know how to make plays. And I think Devin Witherspoon is one of those rare players. And the reason I'm saying that, one of the things that really jumped out to me in Illinois watching this film, and, and quite frankly, I actually was watching some Illinois tape the other day looking at a few guys that are going to be draft prospects this next season. And I couldn't stop watching Devin Witherspoon because the instincts that he plays the game with, he always seemed to be a step ahead of whatever the offense was going to be doing. And so that kind of a player and Clint Hurt kind of hinted at this yesterday, but that kind of player tends to be able to come in even after missing time and make an impact. Now this is going to be a really tricky first game for him because Amandra St. Brown, is on the other side, and he is one of the best young slot receiver weapons in the NFL. This team finished in the top five in scoring offense, and they got better this offseason. So St. Brown versus Witherspoon, not an easy first challenge for him. At the same time, though, this kid is uber competitive, and I'm sure that he is just chomping at the bit for this opportunity to show the fans what he's capable of doing. And I just like the other things he's going to allow them to do from that slot position. Cause that's where I'm anticipating he's going to be playing his snaps in this game on Sunday. Maybe he moves out to the outside eventually later this year, but I think that's where they're going to start him. Cause that's where he got his practice reps, but his ability to come up and stick people in the run game to blitz. Uh, he is so athletic laterally that he can handle those quicker, uh, speedier receivers, which I think Kobe Bryant, that was his biggest issue with that spot. So we'll see how much he plays. They might rotate because it's his first game coming back from hamstring injury. But I've got high expectations. And as you mentioned, him and Carter, those two are going to be compared throughout their careers in Seattle. This is not a one-year thing. That is going to be the comparable and they need this kid to come in and show that he can get the job done as far as the other injuries not as good a news on the rest of the front although I am curious to see I would be surprised if Jamal Adams plays in this game but he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday I expect he's going to be limited on Friday they're just getting his feet underneath him as a practice participant instead of just doing walkthroughs I'd be surprised if Jamal Adams is playing in this football game. I think next week against Carolina is probably the safer bet on that front. I don't expect to see Charles Cross. We've already got Abraham Lucas on injured reserve, so he's obviously out. And Mike Moore is still dealing with shoulder issues, has not practiced this week. So I don't know where things stand with him. I am encouraged that Boy Mafe was upgraded to limited yesterday. I expect he's going to be able to play this weekend. But uh, they're a little banged up for it being just week two. Yeah, and I know this has been kind of hammering home already, but the tackle position, I'm really, really worried. And we'll talk about kind of the, the trickle-down effects of the tackle position, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross, both uh, obviously Abe Lucas on IR now. Um, unless you can get Jason – unless Lake Washington is actually the fountain of youth and you can dunk Jason Peters in there and he becomes, you know, early 2010s decade Jason Peters and he's ready to go, um, you know, week two or three. I, I it's I'm, I'm very worried about the tackles position. So – I know that's been kind of a dead horse this week, but yeah, just with this matchup, especially as we'll get into, um, I'm very concerned about that matchup. And, and yeah, it's it's a bummer how banged up the Seahawks are. And I know some of it's 
been expected, like the Jamal Adams thing um, working through. And even Boy Mafe's nicked up. I mean, they, they need they need all of their their pure, their thoroughbreds in the stable for this one. Yeah, this is going to be a tough matchup. And as we're going to continue diving in here, when we look at our keys, the Lions have upgraded both sides of the football. They are well coached. They are hungry. This is a team that is not forgetting what happened last year, and they lost a shootout against the Seahawks in, I believe it was week four last year. They're going to be looking to get some revenge. And oh, by the way, that game ended up costing them making the playoffs with the same record as the Seahawks. So this game has been one I'm sure that they have been circling throughout the offseason leading up to the year. So there's going to be a lot at stake here. You're going to have a ton of fans with blue ski masks. I mean, it is going to be insane. And Give the Lions fans credit. They have been waiting for what seems like decades to have a team that they're so excited about. So uh, this is a city that loves sports, and they just haven't had very many good teams there for the Detroit Lions. They are going to be rocking that stadium, and uh, it's going to be a hostile road environment for the Seahawks. We're going to get to those keys to victory coming up next. We will start on offense, and then we'll transition to defense. What do the Seahawks need to do to get the job done here and pull the upset now? They would have been favored a few weeks ago. But after their week one loss, they are going in as the underdogs. How can they pull off the upset in their first road game of the season? We'll get to that here in a moment on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks, which is brought away by our friends over the Game Time app. If you've ever been on the hunt for sports or concert tickets at the last minute, it can be an anxiety-provoking experience. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. If you're wanting to see the Seahawks and the Lions battle at Ford Field and have an itch to put together a last-minute road trip to the Motor City, using GameTime's awesome flash deals feature and a detailed stadium map, you can get awesome seats for under 80 bucks right now, and it's super easy. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code Locked in NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked in NFL for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined on today's show by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget, after the game on Sunday, I will be going live from Ford Field, win or lose, with a post-game episode looking at game balls, dishing out my three-up, three-down, and looking at key storylines coming out of Sunday's contest against the Lions. You won't want to miss it. Let's get to some keys to victory, shall we? Some game planning for the Seahawks. And last week, it felt like Seattle had a decent game plan. They had the lead at halftime and then the inability to adapt on either side of the football. And certainly it was difficult with the injuries on the offensive line to be able to scheme up things in the second half against the Rams. But all that game planning kind of went out the window and they were ran out of their own building by the Rams. Nick, looking at the Seahawks offensively this week, there's carryover from that game. Charles Cross, we are 99% sure, is not playing this game. Abe Lucas is on IR, so we know he's not playing. They're going to be without their two starting tackles, which really puts any offense in a bind, but especially one like Seattle's where 
the depth drop off at that position is significant. Yeah, I mean, how could it not? How could it not be significant for any team? It doesn't have to be. It's not just because the Seahawks have you know lack of depth at tackle. Um, any team, you lose your starting two tackles, you, it's a major concern. And for that, you know, naturally, that's probably going to lead to Geno Smith having a lot less time to throw the football. And I'm going to call out the receivers and maybe the tight ends when they're not busy helping pass protect. Um, and to get quick uh, separation and to get that separation, help your quarterback out and uh, <clears throat> be prepared, DK Metcalf. You know, come prepared. Come with a game plan. Come, you know, expecting the need to get quick separation um, look for ways to get out in the field. And I know it's not always that simple, but got to help your quarterback out because he's not going to have a lot of time to throw. So your receivers, your DK Metcalf, especially Tyler Lockett, you know, he's going to be there and bring his game. Uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm hoping for a, a better, you know, encore to his, to his rookie debut in this, this game. So I'm um, just, the, and get, getting that separation, creating, you know, ways to create yards after the catch as well. And yeah, again, like when the tight ends aren't busy helping out along the line and you know, leaking out there and, and getting some big third down conversions because Geno Smith is going to have to get the ball out quickly, we expect. And the receivers and, t- and tight ends, when they can, need to help them out with that. Yeah, that's a perfect segue for me because I think that's the most important aspect of this game that really disappointed me the end of last week's game. And I know that you're trying to make adjustments on the fly when guys go down, but just it felt like Seattle had no idea what to do schematically after they lost Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. And I want to see help provided for both the tackles. And I don't care if a 41 year old Jason Peters ends up starting at one of those tackle spots. You're going to have to help him. He's coming off the couch. You're going to have to help Forsyth or Kerhan, whoever's playing that you're going to need to support those guys, especially on the right side, because I have a feeling, especially if Jake Kerhan's the starter is expected Aiden Hutchinson is going to be playing most of his snaps over there. The Lions are going to game plan that so that they can get him up against Kerhan. And you can't put him on an island against a player of Aiden Hutchinson's talent level. So more multi-tight end personnel. I want to see some 21 personnel, even uh, or 12 personnel and 13 personnel. Get three tight ends on the field. Do what you can do to help out those tight ends, you've got the receiving talent that you can run only two or three routes out onto the field and still make plays happen as long as Geno Smith has time to throw. And as you mentioned, that was non-existent in the second half. And Pete Carroll tried to downplay it. Oh, well, it wasn't really an issue till the end of the game. What film were you watching? The entire second half, Geno Smith had absolutely no chance. I don't care if God was playing quarterback in the second half of that game. He isn't going to be able to make miracles happen with the pass protection that they had in front of him. So they've got to do something in in regard to having the tight ends, helping the tackles, running backs, chipping on the, on the defensive ends, uh, outside linebackers. You have to mix and match some things. And that might mean you're sending less receivers out running routes, but at least Geno Smith is hopefully going to have some time to be able to throw the ball to those guys. And you have enough talent, those receiver positions, they should be able to get open. So I think that is critical. If they go into this game thinking, you know what, Jake Curhan, he can get the job done against Aiden Hutchinson. We're not going to have to worry too much about helping him out. Geno Smith might not make it out of this football game. And Drew Locke might not make it out of this football game. You need to help your tackles against a really good group of edge rushers and aggressive defense. You have to help them any way you can. And if they don't do that, they aren't going to be able to do any of these other things that they need to do to win this football game. So that is the first and foremost thing that, that has to be addressed here. 
And as it happens a lot when we game plan for the offense for the Seahawks, and it kind of naturally leads to lean on the ground game, get it going on the ground, because a lot of problems go away, Corbin, on offense if you can run the football. Take advantage of, yeah, a lighter linebacker group. that they The Lions do have playmakers on defense as well, but um, it's not really in the interior. Um, they have, of course, those edge rushers, not just a Hutchinson, Harris as well. I mean, they got some they got some dogs on, on, on the edges, but there is a little bit of vulnerability there in the middle, maybe a soft underbelly. And if you can get the ground game going, a big if, because as we've talked about with the pass protection with these backup tackles, they're also going to be asked to run block. And, you know, maybe help, that helps out with the tight ends as well. And, um, you know, bringing guys out into fullbacks, you know, wideback, whatever you got to do to get creative, to create, you know, a, avenues in the run game, because all these problems pretty much go. And we saw the Eagles last night. They were having all sorts of trouble getting into a rhythm on offense. And then offensive coordinator for the Eagles, Brian Johnson, said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to run the ball. And they ended up running for 259 yards and pretty much taking over that game now helps to have the Eagles offensive line. Um, but, again, that that kind of mentality of, okay, we're, we're some stuff is clearly not working here. Let's try to establish a run. And they were able to do that and take over that game and kind of hide some of the deficiencies they had on offense otherwise. And ideally, that's what the Seahawks should get at. Obviously, there, there's a – there's issues with personnel there, but the, the idea is nice. Yeah, but I also think if you look at personnel, that might be maximizing your group. I'm a lot more confident in Jake Curhan being able to drive somebody off the ball in the run game than I am asking him to pass protect 35 times against Aiden Hutchinson and company. So maximize the guys you have. And I think Stone Forsyth or, or Jason Peters, whoever is on the left side, however Seattle uses this, I feel like the run game is where you can maybe neutralize some of these guys a little bit and, and prevent Aiden Hutchinson from really pinning his ears back. That's how you take pass rushers out of the game. So I do think the run game is going to be critical and you need some lengthy drives. And to be able to do that, you need to be able to run the ball, chew up some of that clock, keep the ball out of Jared Goff's hands. Now, when the ball is in Jared Goff's hands, look into some keys on the defensive side of the football. I want to stick with the run game because I think Detroit might have my favorite running game in the entire NFL to watch going into this game. And, and I'm a little bit of an old-fashioned football guy. So teams that run more two-back and run a bunch of power, uh, you know, it's very rare in today's NFL to see that. But that's what the Lions do. 25% of their snaps last week, they had two backs in the backfield. They ran a ton of gap schemes and power right at the Kansas City Chiefs. They have the offensive line to do it inside out. They've got horses up front. They've also got two really good running backs that complement one another. And so Seattle's got to find a way to replicate what they did last week. I thought the run defense, for the most part, was pretty good. There were a few breakdowns against the Rams, but they held them to 2.3 yards per carry. They had a ton of tackles that netted two or fewer yards in the run game. Can you do that again, though, against a Lions offensive line that is much better than the Rams one you faced last week and made look like world beaters? The Lions offensive line, with or without Taylor Decker, in my opinion, is better than what the Rams have. They've got two really good running backs, and I think that Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, he schemes the hell out of the run game. And so this is going to be a challenge. A lot of pre-snap motion, similar to the Rams in that sense. Can you get those stops on early downs? on the run game to put the Lions in second and third and long situations. You didn't do well in those situations last week, but that's the first ingredient to the defensive success. Get stops on your first couple downs against the run and put the offense into a bind. 
And another way to get that offense out of rhythm and into a bind is to disrupt the play action passing attack. If you look back, you know, Seahawks fans kind of laugh a little bit at Jared Goff, you know, with his time in the Rams and we, we, we kind of see that the, you know, he's not exactly, you know, Patrick Mahomes, but what Jared Goff has always done well is the play action pass. Jared Goff last year, had a 129.9 passer rating on play action passes last year, led the entire NFL in passing yards on play action passes last year. Um, and at 16 touchdowns as well. And only in week one, only Tua, Tua Tagovailoa had more passing yards on pa- play action pass than Jared Goff in week one. And so he is elite. He's not good. He's elite at play action pass passing offense. And if you allow them to establish the run, get into the second and third manageable, and then they can break out the play-action pass concepts. You are in a world of hurt with Jared Goff and the weapons he has. So what does disrupt the play-action pass look like? Well, like you mentioned first, get him an uncomfortable down down in distance. And then, you know, pressure from the interior, make him feel like they don't have the time to, you know, set up those play-action passes because rushers are coming off the edge. There's disruption up the middle with Draymond Jones. Or you know, Jaron Reed or the guys in the interior that need to step up here in this game, um, or stuff the run game, make him one-dimensional. Something's got to give here to where the Seahawks need to, you know, put him in an uncomfortable situation where they can't, they don't feel comfortable, and they don't feel like they're in rhythm enough to to get those play use those play action pass attacks, um, you know, at, at the at the highest capability. Because if the Lions get going on pass on, on play action passes, the Seahawks pretty much have no chance. Yeah, I think that that is an honest assessment. If the Lions are consistently connecting on play action passes as they have done under Ben Johnson, it's going to be a long afternoon for the Seahawks. So you want to get in those second and third alongs where as pass rushers, you don't have to buy those play fakes. If Jared Goff's trying to fake it to a running back on third and eight, you're like, you're not handing it off. I'm coming after you. You want to end up in those kind of situations. But like you said, if you're in second and three, second and four, third and short like that opens up the entire playbook they can run the ball there they can do play action so you gotta win on early downs and then for goodness gracious you gotta finish drives I mean the Seahawks had the Rams where they wanted them last week a bunch of times and it didn't matter because they were not able to get stops on third down allowed nine conversions in the first 12 attempts if you do that against the Lions in this game, you will lose by 30 points with the way that this offense is humming and the injuries you've got on your own offense. They have to get off the field, get the ball back to their offense and let the offense eat up some time. They need to find a way to shorten this game a little bit, I think. And so the defense plays a big part of that. Can you get off the field? Those communication issues and coverage, particularly in man coverage, can you get that cleaned up for this game so you don't have guys running into each other and then suddenly you've got a Monroe St. Brown breaking free for a 50-yard gain? You can't have stuff like that happen against this football team. So clean up the third downs. That is crucial in any football game, but especially considering how poor the Seahawks were last week against a Rams offense that has a lot of similarities to what the Lions do. They are not carbon copies, but there are a lot of similarities with how Ben Johnson runs this offense in terms of motion and just the way he schemes things up. You better have your A game in coverage or it is going to be a long afternoon. Coming up next, we're going to get to our weekly picks to click and, of course, our game predictions What's going to happen on Sunday at Ford Field? We'll get to those here in a moment on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. Now for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be full of twists and turns and throw a few wrenches at you when you least expect it. So it's important to show yourself through it all and put a focus on your mental health. 
BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me, but don't just take my word for it. Having someone in your corner to guide you when you're struggling to navigate obstacles can be invaluable. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online and available to people worldwide. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself, and BetterHelp has a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player staff projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. This week on Prize Picks, you better not have any more penalties. I am projecting DK Metcalf to surpass 75 yards receiving and Derrick Henry to go over 80 rushing yards for the Titans. Prize picks is an absolute blast each week, and it's an easy way to enjoy daily fantasy without any hassle and land quick winnings. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked in NFL and use the code locked in NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked in NFL and use the code locked in NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined for today's show by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Coming up on Sunday after the game, don't forget to check out our weekly post-game show. I'll be live from Ford Field diving into game balls, three up, three down, and key storylines, hopefully after a Seahawks win. Make sure that you are listening in. Let's shift our attention now to our weekly picks to click. Now, last week, Nick, uh, it was an absolute struggle for our pick to click. Uh, I don't know that Dallas, you or I, I don't know that any of us had a win coming out of Sunday's game with the way that that would unfold. So hopefully this week we will have better luck with our picks to click. We're going to start on the offensive side of the football end. I know you're picking a player that might not necessarily have the stats to be a pick-to-click candidate, but he's going to be incredibly important considering Seattle's offensive line situation. Yeah, this is what happened when we've been together for six years or so, Corbin. You, you kind of know my thoughts here. So, Will Disley, uh, the tight end. And, again, not asking him to get eight catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns. That's not gonna. That's probably not going to happen. If it does, great. But with my pick-to-click with him, it is, yeah, be – effective in mass pass protecting. And here I am picking a tight end pick to click as a pass blocker because this is where we're at with the tackle situation in Seattle. Um, but also, but also um, in those times where he can slip out and be, you know, a quick, you know, security blanket for Geno Smith. He had four catches and a touchdown last year against Dallas, or against Detroit. So there, there is an opportunity there. I think where, like I mentioned in, in the keys to victory, slip out, and, and be that quick outlet. You know, maybe it's one of those things where he, he chip blocks for a sec, holds that block for a second, and then there's a tight end delay, either out in the flat or, you know, um, over in the line, you know, under underneath the linebackers there, something um, to kind of wiggle them loose. Maybe it's for a key third and five conversion, something like that. couple key catches and being effective in the pass blocking game, you know, mass protect. That'd be good enough for me, for Will Disley. I think he and the tight ends, like you mentioned, with the pass protecting scheme are going to be vitally important. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with somebody that I expect to have more gaudy stats just because I look at the Lions as an opponent this week. And I know Tyler Lockett has been known for his ability to win over the top, but he can also be a really good possession receiver. And I just like his matchups on the outside this weekend against Detroit's corners, especially Cameron Sutton. I think a smaller, shiftier receiver like Lockett could give him some major problems. And Seattle's going to need one of those receivers to really step up. I think with this being a game that's going to be predicated on the quick passing game, Lockett's subtle route running ability and his veteran savvy, I just have a feeling that he is going to have a really big game this weekend. And he has historically played well in Detroit, too. If you look at his stats, he has historically been a guy when the Seahawks have had to play in Detroit. He has consistently come up with big plays. It seems like a stadium he enjoys playing in. So I just look at this game. There's no way that the offense can be completely held down the way it was in the second half last week, especially when he had the entire week to game plan. I think Shane Waldron is going to game plan some ways to get the football into Tyler Lockett's hands quickly and let the receiver go to work. He's not necessarily known for his ability to create after the catch, but this could be a game where he does have some success in that regard. And he's moving the chains consistently as more of a possession receiver. And when you get that opportunity to go over the top, you have to cash in on it. And Lockett's a guy that I'm confident would be able to do that. Now, on the defensive side of the football, uh, this is going to be a really difficult matchup because Detroit was a top five offensive team. And really, all across the board, it's a better looking football team than it was a year ago. So this is going to be a challenge on the road dealing with this offense. There's a lot of different routes that you and I can go here because the secondary didn't play well. The defensive line did not play well last week. The linebackers were the only bright spot. So who's your pick to click here going to this game? The player that you think needs to have a big game and you expect a big game from to give the Seahawks a chance to win. Yeah, this is a tough matchup. I mean, the Lions are top 10 in yards per play, top 10 in passing yards per game. Last year, they were fourth in points per drive. And meanwhile, the Seahawks were chasing around and couldn't stop Puka Nakua last week. Uh, shout out to my BYU Cougar, but I had to get in, in there. But it, it's it, that that's just a symptom of of what the challenges the Seahawks had last game. And part of that was Julian Love. And this is half, I think he'll have a bounce back game, half calling him out a little bit as well. He had a 38.5 coverage grade, I think it was. He allowed four catches for 63 yards and 101.4 passer rating in coverage against the uh, against the Rams. Now, again, it's not all on him, the whole secondary. Uh, everyone kind of had a rough game. Um, but him, you know, being that veteran, uh, I think that he has the best chance of bouncing back. And last year, I looked at his game against the Lions as a, as a Giants. He had eight tackles, a tackle for loss, and a pass broken up. Pretty solid game last year against the against a pretty much, essentially a very similar Lions attack. So he's seen this. He kind of knows what it looks like. And I expect him, the veteran he is, to have a better, you know, more of a chance of a bounce back game than some of the other younger players on, on this defense. So Julian Love is my guy. Yeah, mine is a little bit of a hedge for a big game and a call out as well. I'm going for another one of their free agent additions. Hey, Draymond Jones, you need to start making the money that the Seahawks paid you. He was invisible last week in the loss to the Rams. They need him to show up in a big way. And Detroit's got a better interior offensive line, at least in my opinion, than what the Rams do. So this is. And I think we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a first in Locked On history. My kittens have pulled my Ethernet cord out of the wall. 
Oh my gosh. That Gotta has love it. never happened in Locked On history. Yes, my kittens decided to pull the Ethernet cord out. So I just had to go back to the Wi Fi. So my apologies. <laughs> so I'm a dog person, Corbin. Sorry. Oh, that, <laughs> yep. That, so, oh, yeah. I, I, that was that was funny. So anyway, we, we will get back to the show now. Now that uh, I have the internet back working here, darn kittens just destroying my house right now. But anyway. As I was discussing, Draymond Jones, he is my pick to click in this football game on defense for the Seahawks. I need to see him get after Jared Goff in this game, particularly when there's play action situations. He needs to collapse the pocket. Goff is a statue. He is not a guy that's going to beat you with his legs. Even Matthew Stafford is more mobile than Jared Goff. So you have to get him off his game. If you can get him moving around a little bit, feeling that pressure, that is when he tends to make mistakes. And it's been a long time. Since he's thrown an interception, he is due. How do you make that happen? You ratchet up pressure from the interior and you make it happen. So Draymond Jones, he is my pick to click going into this football game on defense. He needs to get the job done. They need him to play at the level they're expecting a player that you give that kind of money to in free agency. As far as betting lines for this game, Nick, from our friends at FanDuel, this was actually five and a half point spread a couple days ago, and it just went down to four and a half. I'm thinking maybe the Taylor Decker injury has played into this, with there being a chance that he's not going to be able to play due to an ankle injury. But right now it's at four and a half points with the Lions being the favorite. So going into this game, do you think that the Seahawks can cover that spread and do they win or lose this tough road game at Detroit? going to be a tough matchup you know it's Aiden Hutchinson seven total pressures on Thursday night against the Chiefs three quarterback hits Charles Harris four pressures and the Seahawks have two backup tackles you know as Lucius Fox and Batman's good luck you know um it's their home opener I, I believe that's true uh yeah home opener Jared Goff plays really well at home in Detroit not a great time to face the Lions so Corbin I think the only way the Seahawks cover this is if if the good Lord sends down Daniel from Daniel and the Lions didn't tame these Lions as well, um, like he did back in the Bible, because it's going to be tough. And I, I think that uh, the, the Lions do win and they cover. I'm going to go 27-19. I, I do think the Seahawks put up some, some fight, and I do think that they show some improvement on defense, um, maybe create a turnover, maybe get a bit more of a pass rush. But I just think the Lions got a lot of juice going right now um, and from beating the Chiefs, and then now they're home opener. There's a lot of steam rolling ahead. That that seems very confident, and the Seahawks are really, really hampered by some injuries. So I'm going to go the, the Lions do cover the spread. I think the Seahawks are going to give the Lions a good fight. I expect that this game is going to be close, and I think the Seahawks will cover the spread, just barely. This is not a game – I mean, if I'm giving betting advice, this is not a game I'm betting on just because – Seattle still has all their weapons on the outside, but how much do the tackles being out, how much does that impact your offense? And so I expect this is not going to be like last year. This is not going to be a track meet. If it turns into that, the Seahawks will lose by 25 because I don't think they're going to be able to muster the big plays that they need consistently with the offensive line injuries they have. But I think Seattle's defense is going to come ready to play. I think they're going to be more sound with their communication assignments. They have to be. That was a disaster last week. And they were very fixable miscues. So I expect they're going to come out more polished. I think Devin Witherspoon is going to make a few plays in the football in this game as well. But I can't see the Seahawks actually winning this one. I think Detroit has too many weapons on offense. They're going to have a very energized home crowd that has been dying for a good football team 
They're going to have that crowd going for them at home. I think the Seahawks are going to cover for the spread, but I can't see them actually winning the football game. So I think it's a close one, but Detroit just has a few too many weapons. And quite frankly, I think right now is just the better football team of the two. So I have the Lions winning this one 31-27, just below that four and a half point spread. But you and I both have the Seahawks going down to 0-2, not to start Seahawks fans are hoping for. And I hope we're wrong. I hope that the Seahawks come out and they find a way to get this done. I do think it's possible they can win this game, but uh, the Lions are going to be the favorites for a reason played at home. This is going to be a very difficult matchup for the Seahawks to pull out and move to one and one. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at Nick Lee 51. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on Seahawks on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Coming up this weekend after the game, I will have our weekly post-game show, Game Balls, three up, three down, key storylines, and there won't be kittens that are Lions fans that are pulling out the Ethernet cord at Ford Field. So make sure that you are listening in. Enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the game. Go Hawks.